Hello, Sat Stackers. It has been a wild day, but that day falls on a Wednesday, which means it is DCA Wednesday. Are you ready to get your stack on? This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. Welcome to the latest episode of the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. I am Chris, and as I alluded to in the intro, I am on the road still out in the great western United States in the uh, Rocky Mountain states. And have you ever seen a hawk up close? Have you ever seen just how long and how razor sharp their talons are? I've seen a lot of hawks. I've photographed a lot of wildlife. Uh, We have a lot of hawks where I live in Florida. But before today, I'd never seen a hawk attack anybody. And today, uh, where I'm visiting, the the people that I'm currently staying with, there's a hawk nest in uh, the sycamore tree right out front of their house. And it has attacked three people today, and it bloodied one of them up pretty good. Just swooped down and smacked it on the back of the head, dug its talons in, and it was not pretty. Fortunately, it was the back of their head, and they're going to be okay. But just a word of warning, do not mess with hawks when they are nesting. Uh, And all this person did was walk out their front door, so they can be aggressive. But I digress. Also, I'm getting a little bit late of a start because I intended to do this episode up on top of a mountain overlooking, overlooking the town where I'm at, over 10,000 feet in the air. Uh, and there's normally data up there. I've, I've spent quite a bit of time in these mountains, but today uh, there was not. I was actually live streaming something else, just some video that I was shooting, and it dropped off and I didn't have data for the rest of the time I was up there. So I'm trying to squeak this episode in before it is midnight back in Florida. It's, of course, not midnight here. But it is ticking up to midnight Eastern time, so we're going to keep this a tight rip if possible. There are a lot of things I did want to get into. Before I do that, real quick, a look at the vital statistics. At the time of this recording, we are sitting at a block height of 794400 and the price of Bitcoin is on sale. It is currently ringing in at a U.S. dollar value of $25,050, or 3992 uh, sats per dollar. And that is a little bit cheaper than we have purchased in a while, which is really cool because we're going to stack more sats than we have been able to. It's not dramatically cheaper. Last week we purchased at twenty six thousand three hundred, so it's it's more than a more than a thousand dollars cheaper. But obviously we're we're definitely nowhere near those uh, this this crypto winter thing, whatever they're calling it. I know the c word, right? This uh, this accumulation season's low. Uh, nowhere near that fifteen or sixteen thousand dollar range that it dipped to last summer. Um, but speaking of value, if you value your wealth in gold, if you value wealth in shiny yellow coins or little metal rocks, it will currently cost you thirteen point zero ounces, thirteen whole one ounce gold coins to purchase just one bitcoin. And Bitcoin's market capitalization is bringing in at four hundred and eighty six point zero billion dollars so obviously a little lower than last week as a you know which makes sense as the the US dollar value of bitcoin is down 
Folks, I've said this almost every episode. I said this, uh, I emphasized this again just a week ago. If you follow Adam Meister's 210,000 block theory, you know, we're repeating 2019. And just last episode, I mentioned that if you looked at the the lifetime, the, you know, the, the entire history chart of Bitcoin price and US dollar value, you will, of course, notice the double top of the, of the all-time highs, the twin all-time highs of the euphoric, you know, phase of the post having bull run from the 2020 having in, in 2021. And then of course, the next major set of peaks was the 2017 all time high after the 2016 having, but in between there's a little bit of a hump. Uh, you know, it, it ran up in price and then it, and it dipped back down. And if you follow the 210,000 block theory, if you go back four years or 210,000 blocks, you'll see that we are, that we've done exactly what we did after the 2017 all-time high where Bitcoin went, you know, plummeted way down, then it went mostly sideways for a bit, and then there was that little peak, and now it's falling back off. And as I've repeatedly said, this is an accumulation phase. This is the time when I'm looking forward to stacking because Bitcoin's on sale. You know, if the if the price is down, the way to look at that is we're gonna get to buy a, we're gonna get to stack a heck of a lot more sats today than than we did just last week. And in fact, I've already stacked. I apologize. I do like to do that live on the show. But uh, when I was having issues getting set up earlier, when, the, when, I was, when there was no data, I was, I was briefly able to uh, log in and I, I snatched up my, my $20 of the Bitcoin. I, I did that stack just in case uh, I, I, I didn't get back to civilization until after midnight so that at least I was able to stack on Wednesday, even if the show didn't come out till early Thursday morning. So if I get done talking in the next 29 minutes, it'll still be DCA Wednesday on the East Coast. Of course, out here, we've got a couple more hours uh, leeway before midnight, but uh, I digress. Uh, continue on with the vital statistics. The statistic that a lot of people have been dwelling on is the mempool and the uh, on-chain transaction fee estimators. And there's still well over 100,000 transactions pending in the mempool. Uh, and that is... You know, mostly it's those, it's still those ordinals and inscriptions, uh, which are, you know, very small transactions. So uh, it's kind of misleading. If there were 100,000 on-chain Bitcoin transactions pending in the mempool, it would be seriously backed up. But as it is, there's 51 blocks for the transactions backed up in the mempool. Not quite as bad as we've seen it. And as a result, the estimated fee to guarantee that your Bitcoin transaction will be included in the next block has dropped dramatically. The fee estimator I'm looking at right now says it will currently take a fee of 36 sats per vbyte to guarantee that your transaction is included in the next block. And I'm going to double check what mempool.space is reporting because um, their fee estimator has uh, varied greatly from Clark Moody's dashboard uh, recently, as has his mempool. And I, I believe that's because Clark Moody's mempool is set to a much smaller default mempool space size. Um, and uh, so he's not necessarily getting the full picture uh, sometimes when the mempool is completely jam-packed. So looking at mempool.space, they're saying if you have a high priority transaction, it will only cost you 25 sats per vbyte to guarantee you're in the next, next, in the next block. So that's 11 sats cheaper. And that works out to about 88 cents uh, in U.S. dollar terms, which is not too bad, nowhere near the two or three cent fee you were able to get a transaction included for when the mempools were empty, 
but still nowhere near $25 or $30 for a transaction like we saw back before SegWit was activated when the, uh, when the hash wars were going on and then the network was being spammed and fees got just exorbitant. Mempool.space is also saying a low-priority transaction will only cost you 15 sats per V-byte. That's only 55 cents. And if you really don't care, they're, what they're calling a no-priority transaction will clear for just 12 sats per V-byte or 42 cents. And of course, flipping back to Clark Moody's dashboard, uh, they're estimating that uh, if you want to wait up to a week, you can set a fee as cheap as possibly 8 sats for, per V-byte. Obviously, if you don't mind waiting for a little bit, but, you, but you're paranoid that your transaction might get uh, rejected or, or you know, hung up in the mempool for an extended period of time, you can always use replace by fee and uh, bump that fee up at a later date. All right, so some of the things I wanted to talk about today. Again, as I've already mentioned, if you follow Adam Meister's 210,000 block theory, we're literally repeating 2019 if you follow that chart and if you believe that history repeats or rhymes, it really doesn't matter what's going on in the news. You know, whether interest rates were, you know, going to be, whether interest rates stay the same or rose or whether the SEC FUD about Binance or Coinbase or whatever FUD is out there, this drop has happened exactly where it normally happens. Uh, and, you know, again, if you zoom out, and you take a long-term picture, it really isn't much of a drop. We've basically just been going sideways. Sure, Bitcoin ran up into the $30,000 range. You know, in, in April, I think we purchased above $30,000. Uh, but right at $30,000, I think we, the highest we actually purchased at was at $29,900. But watching the prices, I'm pretty sure I saw Bitcoin breach thirty two, But it was definitely more than $31,000 uh, for a while. Unfortunately, we always seem to buy just a little bit lower uh, by making our purchase on Wednesday. But I digress. The point being, um, none of this should really matter. It's all just noise. If you actually believe in Bitcoin, if you're in the Bitcoin space because you think it's the future of money, that it's the future reserve currency, or that it's freedom money, or that it's going to help bank the unbanked, or all of the above, what's happening right now is 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 it's it's nothing. When you zoom out, eventually this is just going to be another blip on the chart that goes up and to the right uh, is, you know, there's nothing going on that's going to, that would affect Bitcoin's ultimate destiny, so to speak. But, you know, there is a lot of fun out there. A lot of people worrying because Coinbase and Binance are being sued by the SEC. And we spoke a lot about that in the last episode, but, and of course, everybody's spoken a lot about it on every podcast I've listened to. Uh, and it, it's, I, I, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to phrase this in a way that doesn't sound, you know, callous. But before the SEC filed the lawsuit against Coinbase, there was the hashtag delete Coinbase, ban Coinbase. Maxis never really liked Coinbase or as Marty Bent calls Brian Armstrong, the naked mole rat. Remember, he was basically public enemy number one of Bitcoin for the longest time because, you know, he kind of turned his back on Bitcoin, it was felt that he turned Coinbase into a, a, an S-Coin casino and that, that Coinbase was a net negative for the space. So I have a hard time jumping on the, oh no, this is bad for Bitcoin bandwagon if Coinbase were to be driven out of the United States or shut down or fined heavily. And I don't have a crystal ball and I don't know a whole lot about SEC enforcement and, uh, and, and what their chances are in, in succeeding against Coinbase, who has said they're going to fight this lawsuit 
you know, to all the way to the Supreme Court. But if I had to guess, chances are Coinbase would be is going to enter into some sort of agreement one way or another with the SEC where they pay a gigantic fine that they don't shut down and that they ultimately, you know, conduct business as usual. Maybe they trim the fat and, and instead of listing 1,700 or 2,000 altcoins, uh, they, they, they trim it down and only list a few S coins. But basically, you know, none of that should have anything to do with Bitcoin. And even if it does affect the price of Bitcoin, well, the way I see it, is that if there's a trillion dollar market cap out there in this scam crypto universe that can no longer go into Doge and all these other S-coins, but people still want to invest in quote-unquote digital assets, well, some of that money is going to flow into Bitcoin that normally would have been wasted on these scam projects. So in theory, you know, trimming the fat, weaseling, whittling, whittling down the weasel coins, you know, it's good for Bitcoin. However, in the long run, all of this is just noise, and uh, it really, you know, if we look back on this, I was going to say, if we look back on this in 10 years, it'll be a footnote in history. It'll be something that people that have even been in Bitcoin for one or two years don't really even have any recollection of, and all that will matter was Bitcoin will continue to do what Bitcoin does. Uh, but, you know, in the meantime, every time you read the financial news or any any kind of blog or any any online discussion or hear, hear anybody talk about about finance in general, whether they're talking about the stock market or whether they're talking about bonds, everybody always tries to come up with an ex- explanation. If the price of a stock goes up, they find something that happened in the news and, oh, yes, that must be what caused it. Or if the price of the Bitcoin goes down, they find something in the news and they blame that. Oh, yeah, that's what caused it. Uh, when in reality, if you just look at the chart, Bitcoin is doing exactly what it did in the previous two cycles. Uh, definitely what it did in the last cycle. So as far as the price goes, I've said this time and time again, you should be excited. If your goal is to stack as many sats as you can before Bitcoin goes to the moon, the best way to do it is to buy Bitcoin when it's on sale. And Bitcoin is on sale. All right, there were a couple other things I wanted to talk about in the uh, in the news today, one of which is semi-Bitcoin related, and that is the the mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez, has basically, uh, I don't know if he's officially announced it or, or whatever, but he's officially filed the paperwork to run for president of the United States. And that's yet one more Bitcoiner, pro-Bitcoiner in the, uh, in the race. Now, I don't think he's probably the best proponent for Bitcoin that's running uh, for president now. But, you know, I, he- I heard him speak. I-, I heard his speech that he gave at Bitcoin 2022. I've heard him talk about Bitcoin before. I'm from Florida. I'm familiar with him. And he's a young politician. And I, I, I'm not from Miami, so I really haven't formed a personal opinion about him. But uh, he doesn't strike me as anti-Bitcoin, obviously. He took you know his first paycheck or whatever in Bitcoin. Uh, he's welcomed the Bitcoin conference to Miami back when the rest of the country was closing down and wasn't allowing conferences to take place in their, in their cities. So He's certainly no foe of Bitcoin, and I personally don't think that he has a shot, a snowball's chance in Arizona in the summer, but, uh, you know, of actually getting the nomination, let alone getting elected. But even if that's not the case, even if you don't like the guy, seeing another Bitcoiner running for president moves Bitcoin into the news. It moves Bitcoin into the public spotlight. And it may seem to you like everybody knows about Bitcoin by now, that there's nobody else in the United States that 
that we could reach out an orange peel who already hasn't even already hasn't heard about it. But you'd be surprised. That's just how many people out there, if you say, you know, do you know what Bitcoin is? They might have heard the word, but they really don't have a clue what it is. So the more that, you know, the news is focused on Bitcoin, the better. Um, but also, again, it's all really noise because regardless of what happens, uh, Bitcoin's going to keep going up into the right, in my opinion. Uh, you know, the, the use case for Bitcoin hasn't changed. The, the revolutionary nature of Bitcoin hasn't changed. The promise of Bitcoin hasn't changed. People in general, maybe it's just human nature, they like to focus on the latest thing. They like to talk about what the, you know, people like to gossip about what's in the news. People just like to talk. They like to have things to talk about. Uh, they like listening to other people talk. And uh, so, so they're going to talk. But that's all it really is. Bitcoin, you know, as Andreas Antonopoulos says, TikTok next block. Bitcoin marches on. Bitcoin's going to continue to become the hardest asset, the most, uh, the, the most secure money ever invented. And, you know, its use case, its promise, nothing has changed. All right. So as I mentioned, I've already done my stack. I purchased Bitcoin earlier this morning, uh, and that's when Bitcoin was a tiny bit more expensive than it was right now. When I first started prepping for show notes this morning, Bitcoin was actually below 25,000. I think I saw it at 24,880. So, you know, more than $100 below 24,000. That wasn't long lived. 25,000 seemed to be that quote unquote support level that the Bitcoin TA guys, the transaction analyst, analysis guys like to say. Um, I like to think of, you know, 25 is kind of a, one of those magic numbers. I spoke about how humans like magic numbers. I hearken back to the movie, The Right Stuff. You know, there's the quote in it where they're talking about Chuck Yeager breaking the sound barrier and then Scott Crossfield goes up and he's the first one to go Mach 2. And uh, the one person says, well, Chuck Yeager, I'll just go back up and make 2.1 or 2.2 or whatever, set the next record. And the first guy says basically, yeah, but, you know, it, that doesn't really matter. Mach 2 is the magic number. People only care about magic numbers. And, you know, the whole Chuck Yeager breaking the sound barrier, Scott Crossfield going Mach 2 thing will no longer be the next big thing. Nobody will care about it until the next magic number comes along. And at that time, I was saying $30,000 was the next round number. $30,000 was the next magic number. But $25,000 is one of those magic numbers. And that's where we find ourselves right now. So without further ado, let's get into that purchase. Uh, really quick, for those of you who are listening for the first time, the reason this episode is called DCA Wednesday is because every Wednesday we do a DCA stack. And DCA is short for dollar cost averaging, which is an investment strategy where you invest your money in equal portions at regular intervals, regardless of price. For example, this is going to be our 99th stack. It's hard to believe, but we've been stacking for almost two years. We did our first DCA stack all the way back on Wednesday, July 28th of 2021. And at that time, I thought it would be fun to test out the dollar cost average strategy. And I also wanted to show that for those of you that are out there wondering if you're too late or if you really don't have enough money to put into Bitcoin that it would ever be worth anything, uh, I wanted to show that even if you could only scrounge up $20 a week, that over time, not only would dollar cost averaging averaging work out better than trying, time, trying to time the market, but that it would build up an appreciable stack of, of Satoshis. I think we've already proven, you know, both of those points, although DCA and Bitcoin in general are both, you know, long horizon things. If you are 
into Bitcoin. You should not be into it to make a quick buck. You should be into it for your own reasons. But in general, those reasons should include stacking generational wealth, you know, being part of the new economy that when fiat collapses or, or whatever ends up happening to fiat, when the, the world's monetary system uh, evolves, wherever we find ourselves 5, 10, 15 years from now, that you have a part of freedom money, you have a part of the hardest money, the safest money, the, 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 you know, currently anyway, um, the safest money that's ever been invented. Uh, and by stacking just $20 a week, 98 times now, uh, that has built us a stack of 6,807,660 sats. Uh, and because we DCA'd, we bought those at an average purchase price of $28,791.10. Obviously a little bit less than what the current U.S. dollar value of Bitcoin is right now, but a heck of a lot cheaper than if we had YOLO'd in all the way back on July 28th of 2021 when Bitcoin was ringing in at $39,716. But even if we had purchased an average purchase price of $39,700, you know, is that really going to matter when Bitcoin is 200,000 or, or a million or 10 million? Uh, you know, all that will really matter is how many Satoshis you have. Uh, and the cool thing, like I said, about Bitcoin being a little bit cheaper today than it was yesterday, than it was last Wednesday, is we're going to stack more sats, or, or we did stack more sats. Uh, so when I, when I opened up my handy-dandy cash app and was finally able to connect, I squeaked off that order, uh, and we purchased when Bitcoin was um, was twenty five thousand one hundred twenty two dollars and thirty one cents, and so that's a little bit more expensive than it is right now. So it you know it dropped all the way to twenty four thousand eight, and then it bounced a little bit. And uh, but either way, basically in the twenty five thousand dollar range, and purchasing at that price scored us seventy seven thousand eight hundred and nineteen sats. That's three thousand four hundred, basically three thousand four hundred sats more than we were able to stack the last the last week. Um, and 5,000 sats, 5,000, more than 5,000 sats more than we were able to stack just two weeks ago. So the really cool thing is that, uh, you know, that if Bitcoin stays where it's at, goes sideways, maybe even gets a little bit cheaper, uh, that stack is going to grow a heck of a lot faster than, than it had been growing. As I've mentioned numerous times, when we did stack Near the all-time high, we purchased as high as sixty-five thousand dollars, and that only purchase that twenty-dollar purchase only got us twenty-nine thousand six hundred and thirty-five sats. So we're getting more than twice as many sats, or uh, roughly twice as many sats as we did, uh, you know, when Bitcoin was at its all-time high. Again, that's one of the beauties of not trying to time the market, of uh, of dollar-cost averaging, of zooming out, as they say, of buying on a steady fixed interval, steady, regular interval. And that purchase brought our stack up to 6,885,479 sats. Perhaps as importantly, that knocked our average cost basis down another $34.93 to $28,756.17. Uh, and that is kind of cool. Although, uh, you know, the, the, the number I focus on is the number of sats, not necessarily the purchase price. Obviously, the average cost price, the average cost basis, the average purchase price has something to do with it because the lower it is, the more sats you get. But in general, my only goal when it comes to Bitcoin is that I've converted as much 
fiat into Bitcoin as I possibly can so that when Bitcoin does get up to the, you know, its next new all-time high, whether that's 250000 or a million or wherever Bitcoin ultimately ends up, I'm not looking back and going, man, I wish I had bought more Bitcoin. You know, I don't have enough. Sure, I've got a decent-sized stack. Sure, 6.8 million sats, you know, might be worth $68,000 if Bitcoin goes to a million dollars one day. But is that really enough to call generational wealth? You know, again, everybody's situation is different. That's a that's that's a you-do-you thing. Kind of like if you are dollar-cost averaging, how often you invest and how much you invest is is up to you. For a lot of people, you know, $20 is is not a whole lot of money. And so, you know, if you want to, if you're, if, if, if you're the sort of person that, that drops $1,000 into Bitcoin or $10,000 into Bitcoin, you know, your goal of how many sats you're going to need to consider yourself comfortable, to consider yourself safe if, you know, if Bitcoin becomes the reserve currency of the world or the most functional currency of the world, even if it's just a black market currency, you know, it might be the only way to buy food. For example, there's plenty of countries where they have a failing fiat currency, but they don't have, a, you know, legally most people using U.S. dollars or whatever whatever other currency, the euro, anything other than their local currency. And of course, the rules say, you know, it's illegal to own dollars in those countries or to trade in dollars in those countries above a certain, you know, a certain value. But if you go into the store and you need, you need a dozen eggs, uh, the dollars are what, are what those people want. And, you know, I firmly believe that's going to be the case with Bitcoin. If Bitcoin doesn't become a global reserve currency, it will at least be the currency that people if the world is dominated by countries that are totalitarian in nature or, or at least authoritarian or central planning, uh, you know, maybe not full on communist or socialist dictatorships, but even a country that's, I say even a country like the United States, the United States isn't as free as it used to be, but even in a place that we consider a democracy like the United States, where they like to micromanage your transactions, where they're trying to limit the use of cash because they, they don't have a they don't have complete and total surveillance over cash. Uh, even in, in the future that's dominated by countries with policies like the United States, uh, the freedom money will be the most preferred money. And it will be nice to have a stack that's large enough that you don't feel like you missed the boat. Everybody has multiple touch points with Bitcoin. Everybody learns about Bitcoin for the most part, and then they don't, they don't really grok it or they don't really get into it they don't they kind of put it on the back burner and it's not until that second touch point where they look back and they go man if only right the if only if i had only purchased 20 dollars of the bitcoin when it was a dollar a bit you know a dollar a bitcoin or if i'd only purchased in 2014 or if i'd only purchased in 2017 you don't want to say if only i'd purchased in 2023 when you have the chance hopefully if you're listening to the show you're on the same page and you're doing what you can to grow that stack all right, uh, real quick, uh, as usual, I want to thank those of you who are listening on your favorite podcasting 2.0 app, such as Fountain and Breeze. We do not have any, uh, we don't have any boostergrams to read this week, but thank you to those of you who have boosted us in the past and to those of you who supported us by streaming us sats on that value-to-value method. Thank you to those of you listening on any platform. If you aren't listening on, you know, on Fountain, I recommend that you do, because even if you don't want to help support your favorite podcasters, you know, you can actually earn sats by listening to podcasts using Fountain. Uh, it, it depends. Some days recently, they've been really miserly on the number of sats that they'll stream to you for listening. Uh, I've seen it to where I've only I said, I think as few as 40 sats in an entire day. But hey, that's 40 sats. Let's say one day Bitcoin hits 
dollar sat parody where each, you know, each Satoshi is worth a dollar, you know, you look back and say, man, I got paid $40 just for listening to a podcast. And other times I've been, you know, I've, I've received more than a thousand sats for listening to a, a featured or promoted podcast. So there's one out there that does a promotion on the last Sunday of every month. And uh, I think it's like 3,500 sats he, he, uh, he rewards his listeners to as a promotion for listening to his podcast. And the way I look at it is if you, if you don't know, there used to be this thing called a fountain where you go to a website or whatever and, and they would send you like five Bitcoin just for going to that website once a day when that was basically worthless. Uh, but now people look at that and go, holy cow, you could have made over $100,000 just for clicking on a website. Uh, and so probably one day, you know, most definitely one day, Bitcoin will be a lot more valuable than it is today. Even if Bitcoin only hits, what, if Bitcoin hits a million, that's that's penny sat parity. So 40 cents for listening to a podcast? I'm not, you know, if, if someone if someone said, here, do you want 40 cents? And I'm, I, I've got this change. I don't want to carry it around. Most people probably go, okay. They wouldn't think like, they wouldn't feel like they just won the lottery, but hey, it all adds up. And that's all I'm saying. So if you're, if you have never tried out Fountain App or the Fountain, you know, the Fountain or uh, or any of the podcasting 2.0 apps, they are not sponsors of the show. But I recommend that you do just because, in addition to being able to support your favorite podcast by tipping them with a boostergram or by streaming them a, a, a you know a sat per minute base to help support them, you can also stack a few extra sats, and that's really cool. So. Uh, so thank you for those who don't. If you don't like Fountain or Breeze, or if you're not into podcasting 2.0 and you're listening on Apple Podcasts or any other, you know, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, do me a huge favor real quick and subscribe to this podcast, you know, whichever uh, whichever podcast feed you're, 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 you're using, whether you follow it, like us, subscribe us, and that'll help as well. If you haven't already, Give us a review. Obviously, a five-star review would just be fantastic. Thank you in advance. But, you know, a fair review is cool. Any, any sort of interaction helps, helps feed the metric monster, right? So if, the, if more people subscribe to us, if more people are giving us reviews, then people are more likely to see this podcast when they're, when they're searching for podcasts, uh, when they're looking for podcasts to listen to. And maybe there's someone out there who you know, they've heard about Bitcoin, but we can be their second touch point. Or maybe they've heard about Bitcoin and they really, really want to get into Bitcoin, but they don't realize that you can buy as little as $1 worth of Satoshis and that it all adds up. And if we can help Orange Pill that person and we can help onboard them, you know, into the future of money, uh, then that would be really cool. And that is, that's kind of what this is all about. So, uh, so thank you in advance for subscribing or following or whatever it's called on the, on the, particular platform you're listening to us on. Uh, and also, in addition to being able to send us a boostergram and and give it which is basically like giving us a shout out and a tip at the same time, I really, really do want to hear what you have to say about this podcast, what you do like about this podcast, what you don't like about this podcast, maybe something you'd like to hear me talk about or a person that you would really be interested in hearing me interview. Uh, and if you don't feel like sending that as a boostergram, reach out to me on Twitter, you know, DM me on Twitter, uh, or send us an email. Uh, it's really easy to reach us on Twitter. On Twitter, we are at BTC Bulletin Pod. Again, if you follow us on Twitter at BTC Bulletin Pod, that'll help spread the reach. If you're not into Twitter, we're on Noster. Our public key should be in the show notes. It's way too long to read out, but we are on Noster. I'm trying to do more on Noster. And if you're just an old fashioned guy and you want to send us an, uh, you want to send us a good old fashioned email, 
You can email me at bitcoinbulletin at protonmail.com. It is really important that I get your feedback because I want to do everything I can to make sure I'm giving you the best content I can. Uh, And it's just nice to hear from you too, because we've got a lot of great listeners from all around the world and it's fun to know where you are. It's fun to be able to see you and visualize you when I'm talking instead of just staring at a, a microphone or as the case today, staring at my iPhone because I am not at home, as I mentioned. Uh, so again, that's BTC Bulletin Pod on Twitter or Bitcoin Bulletin at ProtonMail.com via email. I'm going to wrap this up real quick because it's about two minutes before midnight East, East Coast time, and I can get under that wire if I stop right now. So don't forget to join us next Wednesday and every Wednesday where we continue to grow that stack. But until that time, keep on stacking those sats, you sexy sat stackers.